I've got a really, really important subject I want us to look at today. So let's open in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we just welcome your presence here with us today. We so need you to touch our hearts, to speak to us. Lord, that it's not just more information, but Lord, that there would be transformation take place in our lives today. So Holy Spirit, we acknowledge our absolute dependence on you. You said the flesh profits nothing, but the words that you speak are spirit and they are life. It's my prayer today that the words I share for every hearer would be spirit and they would be life and bring transformation. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's no surprise to you to mention today that COVID-19 has put a massive spotlight on the home, on families, on marriages, on relationships within the home. And in some ways, I think that's a really, really good thing because it's caused us to focus on this vital area of our lives. And so we're going to explore this. And I want to encourage you, if you can, it's going to be quite practical. If you've got a pen and a paper or an iPhone or something, to take a few notes because I believe that God is going to speak specifically and personally to you throughout the course of what we have to share with you today. So Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27 is a great passage of Scripture. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house, here's the word, on the rock. You want to build your house on the rock, which is Jesus. Because the rain descended, COVID-19 came, (laughs) floods, uh, and the winds blew, isolation, you know, intense relationships, and, and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does them not do them would be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and the great was its fall. Two houses under pressure, under COVID-19, under whatever pressure you like to name. And we all have all our families come under pressure from time to time. One was able to stand because it was built on the rock, it was built on Christ, built on the foundations of God's word. The other under pressure crumbled. And my goal of today's message is to help you to build a home, build a family, build a marriage that will stand the test of time. Because believe me, it will be tested. This is life on planet Earth. This is no walk in the park, and no tiptoeing through the tulips. This is pressure that we face, and very much so in our homes, our families. This is a tough area. And so it's one that I want to really look at with you today and address some of these areas. This vital verse. See, the key territory that I've worked out that the enemy wants to take from you, or probably the second most, first he wants to take your relationship with God, obviously. But the second most important territory he wants to take from you is your home and your family. Because in many ways, that's your power base. Most other things come from within the home. The home's in good shape. The rest of life is going to do a whole lot better. And so we need to learn what to do to make this base a lot, lot stronger. And now even if you're boarding or flatting, other situations, you can still contribute to making the home or the house you're in a better place and build on a stronger foundation. Some of you will have heard of Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. Uh, You can see the chart. It says that to become God, all God intended for us, to fulfill our potential, 
Certain vital areas have to be satisfied. You're going to notice most of these happen in the home. Level one is the need for food, shelter, and warmth. Level two is the safety needs. You feel safe. You feel secure. Level three is a sense of belonging, love, friends. Level four is self-esteem and a sense of achieving something. Then level five is where we fulfill our potential. Maslow was saying when those other needs are not met, it's so much harder to be the awesome person God created us to be. And many of the things that you see on that chart take place in the home. It is such a vital, essential area. A strong homes, build strong churches, build strong societies, build strong nations, build a strong world. And so it really is a challenge that we are going to look at today. Life in lockdown. Well, before I get to that, let me give you a scripture. Psalm 102, verse 2. I need your help. I love this. Especially in my home where I need to act as I should. Isn't that the truth? I need your help, heaven, God, especially in my home. Yeah, it's great at work and everywhere else, but hey, most of your time, well, it should be, is actually spent in the home, and we need a lot of help in that area. So a number of years ago, it may still be true, about 5 million Americans would tune into James Dobson's Focus on the Family, most popular Christian radio program in the nation. And I think the similar is true in New Zealand, probably in other nations. You ask the question, why was there such an intense interest in focus on the family? Well, the answer is obvious, isn't it? Because it's so hard. People are struggling. People are finding challenges. They don't know what the answers are. You know, you can't just work it out yourself in your head. You need help, and there's help available. And that's why this was such a popular program over the years, and I'm sure it probably still is in many places. You see, the home is under unrelenting satanic attack. Because I believe Satan understands if I can get the home, I can get the people in the home. And they say the strategy of hell is very simple. Destroy the seed, the next generation. Wow. I think maybe we now understand why there are so many struggles within the home, why so many kids are battling with issues normally they might face in their teens or as adults, but they're facing them as five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. Why? Because the enemy has got a focused, concentrated attack in this whole area. But we are going to give you some answers of how we can beat what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. So life in lockdown, let me just talk about this for a while. Because what's happened is with close contacts uh, with our families, our marriage partners, plus the high pressure of confinement, plus if you add to that the stress of finances, what's happened is I've researched this, it's led to an increase in marital conflict, relationship conflict, and there's been an escalation in people seeking after divorce and separation. Some of your marriage lawyers are overloaded right now because the pressure has been incredibly intense in this area. And so that's why we're looking at it today. Another thing is there's been a surge in family violence. Not just family violence, but abusive behaviors. Um, you know, sometimes it's been as simple as I've researched this as conflict, because now the husband, wife, everybody's like, how do you keep the house clean? 
you know, what guidelines of COVID are we going to follow? Shall we go out with the kids or shall we not? These are conflicts. People feel strongly about some of these areas. So, you know, the pressure has really been put on. But then there's what is called the psychological aftermath. Some mental health professionals believe that following COVID-19, the next crisis could be mental health. So they did a study in Hong Kong that after the 2002 and 2003 SARS virus, the, or the SARS epidemic, they found one year after the outbreak, the survivors of SARS had elevated levels of stress, depression, and anxiety. Mental health surged. Same after the Christchurch earthquakes. Years later, that's when a lot of the issues really began to lock in. So one of the positive outcomes they're saying of COVID-19 is it's reduced the stigma around mental health. People are more willing to talk about it. Also, it's put a fresh focus on this area to increase resources and increase help and and services in the whole area of mental health. So one of the things I have read was that after flattening the COVID-19 curve, the next challenge is to flatten the mental health curve curve. And so in some ways, there's really positive things. You know, God's always working for good, isn't he? In any circumstance. And COVID-19 is one of them. So let's look for the positives. Yeah, sure, there's enough negatives, but God is also at work. At the end of the day, listen, God is on the throne. He knew COVID-19 was going to happen. He's not caught by surprise. You know, his agenda for your life is unchanged. His great plan for your life is unchanged. You're going to be, not going to be knocked out and, and cut out because of COVID-19. God is bigger than that. Just stay connected to him. Keep in his presence and allow God to do the things in his life, in your life that he wants you to do through COVID-19. So, These are some of the positive outcomes that have taken place. Another one is that, in some cases, family relationships have been strengthened. You know, people are beginning to spend more time with their kids. Not everybody. You know, husbands and wives are able to communicate more often and more regularly. And so there's been some real positive outcomes. I know for myself and my my own marriage has improved through COVID-19. I can thank God for COVID-19 because that is a massive plus. Uh, that any of us can have in our life. So God has been at work and continues to be at work. So they did a survey in Australia. This is what I read. They said 52% spent more time maintaining relationships. So 52% did that. On the negative side, and this surprised me, 42% experienced a negative change in their relationship with their husband or wife or their partner. So there's a plus And there's also the minus. So let's look at some of the benefits of a strong power base. All right, we've seen it already. You will stand strong under pressure. That's important. So we want that power base to be strong for that reason. But secondly, a strong power base becomes a place of refuge. Somewhere you can go to at the end of the day for relaxation, renewal, and refreshing. We all need that. And I think some of our massive stresses in the workplace are actually not so much from the workplace, but actually from the home we're coming from. Because we're struggling there, we're going to struggle in the workplace. And so we need to strengthen this whole area so that we can have a place of refreshing, we can recharge. And also it's a strong foundation upon which to build everything else on. 
you know, other ministries or, or, or business or whatever, whatever it is, or your career, you know, if you found that foundation strong, then it's going to support what you want to build on top of that foundation. All right, so let's get into how to strengthen your power base. All right, what do you need to do? And I'm going to give you six, uh, roughly six different ways that we can look at this. But can I just say, first of all, we need to be front-footed. In other words, we've got to be proactive in doing this, all right? You know, be ahead of the game. Don't wait till something goes wrong before you do something. Get ahead of the game and be front-footed in the whole thing. And if you finish the journey of uh, raising family and kids and all the rest of it, hey, pray for your children. Pray for other families. Pray for other homes. Pray across the nation. There's so many homes and families that need help. You can pray into all of those, and your prayers will make a difference. So number one is this. There's six ways. Number one is this. And I want you to tune in and listen for which one is God going to speak to you? Which one is he saying to you, hey, look, you need to work on this one? The first one is obvious, and that is a focus on our home, our family, and marriage. Got to put a focus there, an emphasis there. Because if we lose here, we are in danger of losing everywhere. So let's keep this in mind because it'd be, it's so easy, and I've done it myself, to put more effort into a career, into a job, into a sport, into a hobby, into a travel, you know, into making money, it could, any number of things and neglect the family uh, at the same time. So Ronald Reagan, the ex-president of the United States, said this, all great change in America, let's put New Zealand in there, begins at the dinner table. Wow. Woo! Isn't that a statement? Well, the importance of the dinner table, the home, the family, what is it? All great change. Wow. It's what shapes society, it shapes a nation, is actually the dinner table. Mm. Wayne Cadero, that one of our New Zealand Beyond preachers, uh, always brought a good word. He, he said this, and I've never forgotten this. He said, 80% of what you do, virtually anyone else can do. You know, for example, loving people, visiting someone, maybe volunteering. Then he said 15% others can do with a bit of training. Maybe like leading a, a small group or maybe meeting a specific kind of a need. But he said then there's 5% that only you can do. And he said you've got to focus on the 5% that no one else can do for you. What is that? No one else can love your husband or your wife. <laughs> only you can do that. No one else can love your kids for you. You have to do that. No one else is going to build a strong home for you. You have to do that. No one's going to come from the outside. Your boss is not going to come and help you there. You've got to do that. No one else can keep you spiritually in good shape. And no one else can keep you physically fit. Focus on the 5%. Don't neglect all the rest, but get the 5% right. That's probably the very core of your power base. Get that right. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as I'm sharing with you today. He might highlight some area that you think, wow, that's the key for my life. Move forward. And remember this, it's never too late to start. <laughs> you might think, oh, no, I don't want to hear this. My life's a mess. My family's a mess. My marriage is a sham. It's okay. You know, God is the restorer. God is the renewer. God can take what is broken and restore. Look, he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to, to restore, redeem, to change, transform. Look, all of our lives were a mess way back there. Well, we didn't quit, did we? We connected with God and he's changed and transformed. He can do the same in your marriage. He can do the same in your home and family. It's never too late to start. Write that down somewhere if you need to. Okay. All right. So Song of Solomon, great verse, chapter one, verse six. They made me keeper of the vineyards, 
but my own vineyard I have not kept. In other words, we're so busy doing everything else, looking after everyone else, being here, being there, being everywhere else, but it's a neglect of our own vineyard. It's our own life, but also our own home and our own family. That's, you want to write that verse down. It is a very significant verse because I think everything in society forces us to focus on the outside. Because everything, we want to look good in the eyes of people. We want everything to look right. You know, when people look at our lives and our careers, they want, we, want to look, we want to look successful. Not many people look into your home or into your personal life. And so we kind of neglect that a little bit as less important. But friends, we're changing this narrative that Christianity begins in the home. <laughs> and let's never forget that. Uh, I heard of this. I went to a, a meeting a while ago. And uh, one of the guys came up to me and he said he was in a small group, men's small group. And he said they did a survey. And they asked this question. There was about 12, 15 men in the group. They said, if you could start again, what would you do differently? Do you know that every one of them, to a man, said this, I'd work harder on my marriage. I thought, ooh, (laughs) I think I'd give the same answer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, so important, isn't it? So Isaiah 38 verse 1 says, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order. Put your house in order. Put my house in order. Get the relationships sorted out. Make sure your house is not a bomb site or a junkyard. Just saying. Just thought I'd throw that in for extra. <laughs> what is it? Cleanliness is close to godliness? Something like that anyway. Okay. All right. Okay, let's get a bit deeper now. Okay, parents, uh, listen up for a few moments because I want want to say to you, listen to your children. Don't push them away because when kids are listened to, to, it says to them, you're saying to them, you are important. What you have to say matters. You are of value. If a child is repeatedly told, don't bother me, listen, something dies inside. Creativity, confidence, self-esteem. Because you're not important. I haven't got time to hear what you've got to say. What you've got to say doesn't matter. It's not relevant. Wow. Imagine if as an adult, that's what you kept hearing from people. You would shut down. And that's why kids do shut down. You know, and um, (laughs) I heard this. Listen to anything your kids want to tell you. All right. If you don't listen to the little stuff when they're little, they they won't tell you the big stuff when they are big because to them, it's always been big stuff. Doesn't matter how small it is, folks. Listen to your kids. Because to them, it is huge. It's massive. And we, we, we look at it with our eyes and we think, God, what are you worrying about? You know, get out of here. No, <laughs> don't do that. Because when they're older, you really want them to tell you the big stuff. And then they will. So it's all come back to that relationship with them, doesn't it? Um, I read this. It doesn't take money. <laughs> to turn off the TV and spend time with your child or your spouse. Costs no money and doesn't take a long time either. Moody said this, the great preacher, a man ought to live so that everybody knows he is a Christian and most of all, his family ought to know. (laughs) Gosh, some of this pretty challenging stuff, but hey, this is where the rubber meets the road and it's very, very important. Jimmy Baker, the superstar minister, I've never forgotten the story he tells. 
ends up in prison, misdemeanors. His son visits him one day, and as the son's leaving, the son says, Dad, this is the best day of my life. And Jimmy says, like, what have I done? Like, why? He said, because, Dad, today it's only you and me. Jimmy Baker said God had to send him to prison to learn to spend time with his son. Friend, please don't go to prison <laughs> to learn time. Don't go to some other prison of struggle or bondage or things going wrong before you suddenly decide, oh my goodness, I need to spend time with my children, with my kids. So can I just add one thing here is that Men of God like Samuel, their kids went astray. They did their best, but there's no guarantees, friends. And you can be the, I've discovered that some of the best fathers, well, God's the best father of all. He's got heaps of rebellious children. Why? Because at the end of the day, they make their own decisions. So there's no condemnation in this. I've found that some of the best kids had the worst parents, and some of the worst kids had the best parents. Adrian and myself, we had no Christian parenting. Our parents weren't fantastic. I think we turned out okay. What do you think? Oh, you can judge that one for yourself, all right? I think you get the point that we're trying to make. Can I just add one other thing? You know, during COVID-19, you've been able to watch the, uh, our fantastic online kids programs, right? That's a great opportunity for you to watch it and then talk to the kids about the program, what was in it, and you know, disciple your kids in the ways of God. Maybe you've learned to do that moving forward. And you know, you can learn the memory verse together. And also, as you're tuning in online, they can see that you're working on your relationship with God, especially maybe if you're taking a few notes, you're singing along, you're saying amen as it goes. They think, wow, look at my... Because they don't see, see you doing that mostly in church, but they can see that happening in the home. All right, number one. Number two is pray much for your power base. Yes. It's got to be a top priority. Yes. Pray every day for your power base, for your home, your family, your marriage. Don't wait till it goes south. Yes. Don't wait till there's problems and then start to pray. Get in before the enemy gets in. Keep him at bay. Pray regularly. You know, um, they say that, uh, I think this is in the U.S., the percentage of teenagers from Christian homes that backslide is somewhere around 80%. We are going to change that. Don't accept that statistic, but be aware of what they're saying out there. Your kids will follow the Lord. Make that declaration. Make that statement. Don't expect them to wander. Expect them to love God. Expect them to read the Bible. Expect them to want to be in church. Expect them to want to pray. What your expectation is often what they'll live up to. All right, so we're going to do that. Number three is dedicate your home to God in a service. Joshua 24, 15, If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Make serving God. Create a culture in your home that we serve God. Because you know what happens? When you pour out, God pours in. When your children pour out and serve, God pours into them. You know, our faith grows as we serve. Get your children serving at the youngest possible age. Cause them to know that being a Christian is all about serving God, serving in the church, serving out of wherever it is. It's all about serving God. If you can create that culture in your home, I believe you're establishing a very, very strong foundation. So as they grow up more and more, they'll continue to serve in the house. And when you're serving in the house, it actually gets you to the house. It's a, it's a motivation to actually be there. Oh, I'm an usher today. I'm a kids' church worker today. You know, I'm singing today. You know, I've got a, I'm on a media today. It's going to get them. 
And also it's going to give them a greater sense of value of what it is to be a Christian and how they can have an influence in the lives of others. Number four, protect your home from Satan's attack with the blood covering. Exodus 12, verse 7, take some of the blood, put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses. Verse 13, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Notice here, every home individually had the personal responsibility of applying the blood of Jesus. No one can do this for you, friends. You pray the blood covering yourself. I do it every day for my house, my home, and my family for God's protection. I read the story of this man been drinking too much and... Uh, uh, he's walking home, and a demon starts to walk beside him. He is scared out of his wits. So he begins to run home. The demon runs beside him. And he runs faster. The demon runs fast. Finally, he gets to his home. He goes through the gate, and the demon stops. I don't know how this conversation ha- happened, but he kind of turns around and says, how come you're stopping there? He said, your wife has prayed the blood covering over this property. I cannot come in. Come on. Pray the blood covering for your home, for your family. Okay, are you getting something out of this? Have you written something down? Is there, is there something God, look, here's the key for me. Has God spoken something to you? That which is that life-giving word, that which is not information but transformation, that which is gonna strengthen your power. Back. What was it? What is it? Maybe it's the next point, which is build a home of righteousness. You know, our lives should be increasingly marked by honesty, holiness, purity, character. Don't allow anything into your home that defiles, that hinders the presence of God. The magazines that you allow, the TV programs that you watch, the internet, have nothing crude on the walls. Please, don't. It's not necessary. may seem funny, but I'd I'd suggest don't do it. You know, if you imagine with the church, let's say church home, imagine if on Sunday we decide to just screen a bit of of a movie on on, on the on our big screens or in your own church. And, you know, there was, in it, there was you know, just, just had a bit of swearing in there, a little bit of immorality, a bit of nakedness, low-level sex, and, you know, nothing too, you know, or violence. What would you do? I trust you'd find another church. You'd say, what on earth is happening in the house of God? If we would not permit it in church, why would you permit it in your home? Through the television through the internet, whichever way it comes. Keep an eye on your kids and what they're doing. They're under your roof and they're under your home. You know, so we need need to be careful on that. All right. Cultivate an atmosphere of God's presence. My last point. See, every home has a felt presence. Peace, joy, faith, purity, love, confusion, anger, negativity. Every house has a hidden personality based on the behavior of the people in it. So I want to give you some points on how to increase God's presence in your home. If you've got a pen or a paper, got an iPhone or something, jot a few of these things down. Really going to help you build God's presence in your home because with His presence comes blessing. All right, number one, a prominence of God's Word. Deuteronomy 6, 9, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Have them on the walls. You know, calendars that you have. You maybe read the Bible out loud from time to time. That's going to invite the presence of God. Make sure, number two, there's plenty of prayer and worship in your home. Lots of it. That's going to help. Also, Christian music, playing as often as you can. Look, it's not hard work to turn on the the, the machine and play some music. I've found I do this all the time. 
every so often a real presence comes. And it's so easy. Fill your house with worship to God. Maybe you don't want to do the worship. Well, get, get, them, get someone else to do it through their, you know, their recordings that they've made and their albums they've put out. Increase the presence of God. Then the fourth thing you can do is just have godly behavior. You know, guard against too much anger and unkindness. Now, we're going to slip up on these things, I know, but, you know, just keep working at it because our kids are going to copy our behavior. <laughs> like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. Hey, you know, it's, they re- we reproduce. Sorry, folks. I know you don't want to, I know you hate some of those things in your kids, but hey, sometimes we need to look in the mirror. <laughs> sometimes I need to look in the mirror as well. Uh, not that I've had a problem in that area. I was very fortunate, okay. Um, so, when, when we have the ark of God's presence in our homes, we get the blessing. Listen to this. 2 Samuel 6, verse 11. The ark of the Lord, which is the presence of God, remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. Watch this. The Lord blessed him and his entire household yes. because he had the ark, because he had his presence. The whole house was blessed by God. So friends, can I encourage you? When you have God's presence in your house, you have the whole deal. You have God himself working in your, in your home. Mother Teresa, that wonderful woman of God, said this. I love this. What can you do to promote world peace? And we all, there's so much talk about world peace. What can you do to promote world peace? What did she say? Go home and love your family. How good is that? Go home. Well, you're already home. Love your family. And we can bring a greater sense of peace in the world. So the home and marriage is under relentless attack. I want you to use COVID-19 to strengthen this power base. Please decide today to work or make a focus on your family, your marriage as a top priority. Point number one. Number two, pray much and daily for your home, your marriage, your family. Number three, dedicate your home to God. A culture of serving emanating from your home. Pray the blood covering and protection. Is it to build a home of righteousness? Is that your focus? Or do you need to cultivate an atmosphere of God's presence? Which area spoke to you? Can I ask you to take time to work on one of those areas, maybe two? Even one would make a huge difference. If you can do two, it would be absolutely fantastic. Because I believe in time, you will thank God for COVID-19, for strengthening your power base. What the enemy meant for evil, God worked for your good and for mine. We can come out of this with stronger homes, stronger families, and stronger marriages. May God bless you, your children, your family, your marriage, and your home in Jesus' name. Amen.